for religion that is pure and undefiled before God is helping and assisting the orphans and the widows. That's what the book of James says. We're proud to partner with Fostering Possibilities uh, and doing just that in, in, a, in a little bit of a way. Uh, so, so thank you, ladies, for doing that. Uh, you know, this the past couple weeks, we've spent, you know, save people, serve people. We've looked at three different community-based uh, ministries and outreaches. And we just want to thank each and every one of you for being involved in that and, and being a part of our community as well. A few things before I get into my message uh, this morning. Number one, I want to say thank you to Kelly Blodgett for preaching uh, last Sunday. Did a did a fantastic job, and uh, Kim and I were able to uh, get away for a few days. We went to the Lake of the Ozarks out in Missouri, just outside of a little town called Osage Beach in Missouri. Anyhow, it was it was lovely. It was really lovely. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm thankful for, for brothers who can step up and rightly divide the Word of God. Um, also want to remind you, as December hits, we've got some busy things happening here. It's the most wonderful, hectic time of the year. Uh, but first and foremost, I want to say thank you uh, to Sue Messer and her team for decorating the church. It looks absolutely fantastic in here. So, Sue, thank you guys so very much uh, for doing that. Uh, and and with we we do a couple things usually in December. Uh, one is we're going to do another PB and J drive this year. Not the sandwiches, but pillows, blankets, and jammies. We're partnering with the Family Resource Center here on the east end of Carter County Schools, and helping to provide pillows, blankets, and some jammies, jammies, tomato, tomato, whatever. I don't know what they say in Ireland, Thomas, when it comes to jammies or jammies, but. Uh, We've got, uh, we're partnering with them, so any adult size pajamas that you would like to bring in, they can use that in both men's and women's, and then pillows and blankets. If you just want to bring them in on a Sunday, you can do that. If you want to bring them in during the week, uh, you can bring them into the office here as well. And then uh, we do each December a year-end gift, and we ask that uh, you uh, be a little bit more generous this time of year if it's possible, if it's feasible for you. Uh, and this year we're doing a year-end gift, and all of that that, that you give above and beyond uh, is going to go to the missions team. And the mission team, uh, that committee is going to, you know, they've got regular missions that we support throughout the year, but we want to be able to bless them with a year-end gift as well. So as you're giving, if you would like to give into that, then we need you to mark in the memo line uh, somewhere that it will indicate the year-end gift. So at the end of the year, we'll be able, hopefully, to bless the missions that we support throughout the year regularly, even more so than what we do throughout the year. In the month of December, long-expected hope. Long-expected hope. A king is born. Are you glad that a king was born over 2,000 years ago? That we can that, that we can come whether it falls in the proper calendar rain or range or not, it's wonderful to be able to take a specified time of year and celebrate the fact that Jesus came. This long expected hope, this long expected King, as He comes into our world, we can take a time and specifically point our focus 
at celebrating him. Charles Wesley wrote a hymn. That's the brother of John Wesley. You may be, you know, the Wesleyan church. They're the founders of Before it became a church, it was a movement. It was a revival that swept uh, not only across Europe, but it came and impacted us. It's the first great awakening here in, uh, in the Americas. If you are a student of history, that's kind of what spurred on the first great awakening here. Um, you know, John Wesley was the preacher. He was the kind of the theologian, the one who gave oration to the Word of God. His brother Charles was more of the songwriter, the hymn writer, and he wrote a hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Uh, some of you may be familiar with that. Some of you may not be. But we're entering into a time of year where we're celebrating that. And this morning, I want to talk to us about hope of the world. Jesus being the hope of the world. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John. That's the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We're going to be reading the first 18 verses, and then we're going to kind of focus in on a few in the middle here. So John, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So this time of year, we celebrate a time called Advent. And Advent is basically a Latin word, which we get from a Latin word, which means to come. Come. So we're celebrating this season of Advent, this Christmas holiday season of the coming of the Messiah. But we have to make sure that we remember that we're not just celebrating Him coming as a baby, but we're also celebrating and awaiting His coming as the King. Awaiting for Him to come in glory. Awaiting for His return. Yes, we celebrate the fact that over 2,000 years ago, our Savior was born. 
But we don't just celebrate that in this time of year because we look forward to the day of His return. Amen? I don't know about you all, but I find myself praying so frequently anymore. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. So we're here, we're celebrating this coming of the Messiah. But we're also awaiting His glorious return. But there's something that's already been made mention of here this morning that we need to be doing in light of this return. Now listen, I've got to admit that most of the time when I pray the prayer, come Lord Jesus, I'm praying it selfishly. Because we live in a dark world. Amen? We live in a dark world. And usually when that comes out of my mouth, I'm just like, Jesus, just come back. Just come back. And while I believe that our hearts should long for that, we also have to make sure that our hearts are aligned properly with the motives of that because I want to see as many people come to Jesus Christ as possible. And I don't want to be selfish and say, the lost can be lost, I just want Jesus to come back because I'm not happy with where I'm at. He is not only our hope as believers, but He is the hope of the world. Now, whenever we read Scripture, if you're new to reading the Bible, or if it's somewhat new to you, one of the things you need to make sure that you do is, if the Bible repeats itself frequently in a passage... You need to pay attention to that. In these 18 verses that we just read, did anybody pick up on like one word that was used a lot? Light. That's right. Light. Right. Light. Time. Never mind. Don't get distracted, Ben. Stay on. Stay on focus. Seven times. In the matter of a couple scriptures, we see this concept of light. Now, light in the biblical sense is a really, really big deal. Because it's not just mentioned here. And it's not just a handful of times. It, you know, we see John talking about that Jesus uh, you know, was at the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God. But we have to understand that light is this illustration, this example that is used from beginning to end, from past to present to future. So light was at the beginning. If we look in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. So light was at the very beginning of creation. Light was also in the middle. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has light shone. So we see that in the beginning, in Genesis, light was present. In the middle, light was present. And guess what? Light is present at the end as well. At the end, there is light. In Revelation, 
what we see in, in chapter 22, verse 5. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Man, what a passage of encouragement right here. Like, listen, we're not going to need light any longer. From the lamp, from the sun, we're not going to need it. For the Lord is going to be our light continuously because He's going to reign forever and ever. See, the tension that we live in is we live in this time of we understand that the light was at the beginning. As the microphone falls off my face here. We understand that light is coming back at the end, but we fall in this time of light in the middle. Light in this time. But it's not complete light like Revelation's talking about. There's still darkness present. There are still things that take place on a daily basis that remind us that we still live in a Genesis 3, a fallen, sin-filled world. Because we can look around us And oftentimes, we don't have to look very far. We can look within our own families. We can look within our own uh, group of friends. We can look uh, at the people that we care about, the people that we love, and we can see hurt. We can see sickness. We can see disease. We can see distress. We can see anxiety, depression. We can see these things that are wrong. We can see darkness. And it's really easy, it's really easy, For us to be convinced that the darkness is winning. But that's what the Gospel of John is introducing to us. In this Christmas season, in this time of Advent, I want us to start by talking about the hope of the world because it's really easy for our churches to meet in our holy little huddles and just say, well, the world's getting worse. It's just, it's it's going to hell all around us. So I tell you what, let's just huddle together. Let's just get in our little groups. Let's get in our little camps. Let's get in our little cliques. And we'll just exist here and we'll ride out the storm and we'll just wait on Jesus' return. Because it's too dark out there. It's too depressing out there. It's overwhelming out there. So we're just going to huddle up in here and we'll live out the rest of our days. Lord, help us if we have that mindset. Lord, help us if we have that outlook. Because we are called to go. We are called to be a light. We're called to be salt in this world because we are following the One that is the source of light. And if we're going to look at this passage out of John just a little bit clearer this morning, the first thing that we need to understand is that this light that's repeated seven times in here, that is Jesus. Jesus is the light. If we look at verse 4, it says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. There's also a passage out of the book of Psalms that helps to kind of give us a little bit of insight into this. Chapter 36, verse 9, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light? So Jesus is the light of God. 
Jesus is the hope of the world. Is there darkness around us? Do we live in a, in a time, do we live in a world where there is darkness, where there is chaos, where there is pain, where there is suffering, where there is sickness? Absolutely we do. But we've not been left to navigate this world alone because we have the light of Jesus Christ. And anywhere that the light goes, darkness must flee. I'm going to give you this example. This is my personal designated flashlight. Who remembers the ice storm of the year of our Lord? 20... 21. So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step aside to tell a little bit of a story here. I don't know if it has anything to do with my message, but I really want to tell it. So I felt a little bit justified in the ice storm. I'm not going to lie to you. Because I may have a little bit of a fascination with going off grid. Kim won't let me. I don't know why. I've offered to build her a house made out of pallet board wood. I could do I've watched three YouTube videos. I'm an expert on how to build one now. So I've got this little bit of a tendency. I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I want to be prepared just in case of the worst. So I have all of these things. I have, you know supplies we'll call them and my girls are all the time making fun of me as a result of it power goes out in the great ice storm of 2021 guess who leaps into action that's right and i'm sitting there the whole time as we got no power but they're enjoying hot coffee they've got food that i've made we're watching a movie with the generator that i had ready We've got gas aplenty. We've got a kerosene heater. All is good in life. And I'm sitting in my chair just like, not going to say I told you so. But guess what? But this is part of that. This is my designated flashlight. So during that power outage, each one of us had designated flashlights. <laughs> Gives you a little bit of insight into my personality here. We had designated flashlights that stayed in designated areas. Girls, am I? Yeah, that like they did not move. Rachel, Rachel was living with us at the time, and she was like, "Dad, I need a flashlight." I'm like, "Well, where's your designated flashlight? It's supposed to be right beside your bed." Well, I don't. It's not there anymore. Well, you're gonna have to walk around in the dark then, because I've got mine, and you ain't getting it. But the one thing that you understand when you're used to electricity, like even when the lights are off in the house, there's usually some, some light coming in from other sources, right? Like from outside, you can see a little bit. Whenever it's like a cloudy night and you have no power, your sanctification is tested if you try to walk through the house with no source of light. And anywhere that this light came on i feel like there's maybe some fun being made of me back here <laughs> that just confirmed it right there <laughs> if you ever wanted to know what spiritual affirmation and confirmation sounded like that was it right there <laughs> yeah, mike. well done mike well done so this 
this light, wherever that would come on, it would illuminate where I wanted to go. It would show what was around me. And as I'm walking, I can see where I'm at, what's in front of me, what lies ahead. <laughs> and the, the thing about this is, is when this light turns on in pure darkness, there isn't a struggle. There isn't this resistance or this hesitation from the darkness. Like when light is presented into a dark situation, the darkness doesn't fight it because it has no power to do so. Whatever you point the light at, the darkness can't go, well, I'm just going to hang around for a little bit and then I'm going to give up. No. No, it flees immediately when light is presented into a dark situation then the darkness has to flee. Jesus is the light of God. Jesus is the light that a lost, dying, sick, sin-filled, dark world needs. And He has commanded us to be the ones on His behalf his representatives, his ambassadors, to go into the darkness so his light can shine. But if we have the mentality that we're just going to buckle down and we're going to just camp right in here until he comes back, then we're keeping the lights to ourselves. The second thing that we see out of this passage is in verse 5, is that the light shines. So verse 5, very first part of it, the light shines in the darkness. It's a present tense word. It's not, it has shined, shone, shunned, it's not a past thing. It's not like it started shining and then it ceased. It is an ongoing shining of a light that will continuously shine. It does not end. Sometimes we have this mindset that if we subscribe to the outlook that there is no hope for the world then we're struggling with the concept that Jesus' light is still shining today. His light shines then, it shines now, and it will shine forever. So Jesus is the light. His light is shining. And the last thing we see out of the rest of verse 5 is that the light overcomes. The light overcomes. And the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light. The light is shining. And the light overcomes. It's victorious. Folks, the enemy thought that the battle was won when Jesus died on the cross. 
Like he got into the end zone, spiked the football, did a dance and everything. Because he was convinced he was victorious. But praise God, on that third day, when Jesus rose from the grave, defeating death, hell, and the grave, when He ascended to the Father, He is soon coming back. That is the victory of Jesus Christ. That is what we place our hope in. That our hope is alive. He is the light of the world. He is overcoming. And He will continue to overcome in this world. And that's the hope. So what does all of this mean? What does this mean to us? What it means is that if you're in a dark situation right now, Jesus can overcome it. If you're facing darkness, He can overcome that darkness in your life. And I hope that's good news to some of you all in here because I know that I can look out at some of you that I've talked to, that I've, I've spent time with, I've con- conversed with here in this not too distant past, and I know that there is things that you're struggling with in your life right now. There are situations in your family. There are, there are relational issues. There's financial issues. There's addiction. There's sickness. There's so many things that we can be overwhelmed with. These sources of darkness seem to hit us from all angles. But take comfort and take hope today in the knowledge that there is no darkness that will overcome the light of the world. And let's, let's, let's zoom this out just a little bit bigger than that because sometimes we tend to make church, we tend to make theology, we tend to take the Bible and, and, and this stuff that we hear and all of these promises and, and we kind of me-center them. So let's zoom this thing out a little bit is that not only is the light of Jesus able to overcome the darkness in your life, it's able to overcome the darkness in the lives of others also. So this hope that you're receiving for yourself... This encouragement that you are drawing from this message, from this passage, that He is the light of the world, that His light is shining, and that He will overcome, that not only applies to you in your personal life, but God wants you to spread that hope to others. Amen? That in the midst of your darkness, as He's encouraging you, as He's overcoming, as His light is shining on you, it needs to also shine through you because there is a whole community of people that surround you that need the good news of the hope that is the long expected hope the king being born the savior of this world coming to be our light so he can overcome what's going on in your life and he can overcome the darkness in the lives of others. I want to ask the praise team to come back this morning. There's pain in our lives. Guys, there's hurt. There's offenses. There's things that come against us that totally take the wind out of ourselves. It can completely deflate us that can tempt us to fall into despair and move us away from our focus on Jesus Christ. Every time that it does, I would encourage you to read this passage 
out of John chapter 1 about the light of the world who has come to set us free, who has come to provide us hope and to shine that hope in the darkness of the world that we live in. 